Hey, what's up, everybody? Thank you for listening to the Wesley Memorial Church podcast. This is Pastor Clark here. Just want to say thank you for tuning in and listening. We're beginning an exciting new Advent sermon series called Advent Between Two Worlds. And you're going to hear a sermon that we did just this past Sunday on that and how we can look at Christ's birth and Christ's future coming. And in between those two stories, how we find ourselves in this glorious story of God during this Advent season. We also invite any of you to join us for worship, either online or in person at 8.30 and 11 traditional in our sanctuary or 9.45 in contemporary in our dining hall. You can go to our website, wesleymemorial.org to learn more. Thanks again for listening. God bless each of you. And we hope you enjoyed this week's sermon. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Sure, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God, and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. Always a classic to hear from old good old friend Linus as he talks about the Christmas story. And we're in the third week of a sermon series we're doing called Between Two Worlds. And thank you for been listening and watching with us this uh, Advent season. Um, we do indeed walk between two worlds in this life. We always are walking the tension or walking a line, as that old Southern euphemism, you walk a line. We're always walking that line of lots of things in this life, two worlds. The one could be the past and the future. We're always walking the line, the past and the future, always making the past as we live our lives. We're walking into the future. Um, I've, I've said this before, but you know, young people... They, we don't ever, they don't ever think that they're going to get old, right? They always just think they're going to just be young forever. And old people look at young people and think, you have no idea what, what's coming. You have zero, you think you have it all figured out. But you have no clue. And old people look at their lives and they think, what an incredible journey it's been. All the changes I've seen, all the things I've experienced. But we're always walking that line of being the past and the future. We were, we're walking that line between two worlds of being asleep and awake. Hopefully you're in the middle of that line right now. Um, sometimes Sunday mornings can be harder to be closer toward the asleep part, but um, if you didn't know, this past uh, July, I came down with COVID and got through it and, you know, doing fine, but after that, for quite a while, I didn't drink coffee. I just sort of cut coffee out of my life. It just it didn't taste good. It didn't even taste good to Pastor Jeff for a while. If you know anything about Jeff, that's a big deal, because that guy loves coffee. Um, so I'd quit coffee for a while, and uh, so I started drinking green tea to be healthy, I suppose, have a little weak caffeine boost in the morning. And one morning I was driving here on the interstate and 
I had my little cup of green tea half asleep, and I almost uh, merged into another car. So I thought for the sake of safety, I'll start drinking coffee again so that I don't kill anybody. And so I did, and I'm glad, and I have zero regrets. It's sweaty and angry and just pumped. It's awesome. But it helps me walk that line between two worlds of being asleep and awake. We walk the, uh, between the two worlds, walk that line of death and life. You know, not to freak anybody out, but we're always one breath away from moving from this life to the next every day. We're not guaranteed that. You know, my uh, grandmother had an old saying, most people live their lives with one foot in the grave and the other on a banana peel. That was her, you know, sort of line. And it's true. I mean, we're always, you know, we're walking that line between death and life, between the two worlds of both. And we're walking between the two worlds of Jesus' birth and his eventual return. And we're hitting on that the first week of this series. We really hit that the most. You can go back and listen to it or watch it if you'd like to catch up if you missed it. But that we're between the two worlds of Jesus' birth and return. And here and now in this life, as we walk that line, we have the Holy Spirit as Christians to help us. Jesus said the Holy Spirit will come to remind us of everything Jesus said and did. The Holy Spirit is our advocate, our counselor, our guide, our helper in this life as we walk these, between these two worlds. And it's good to say, though, too, that as we do that, as we're between the two worlds of his birth and his return, we, all, we always have to be evaluating ourselves as the church and asking, is this the church that Jesus envisioned when he ascended into heaven and he breathed on his disciples and said, go and make all disciples of all nations? We always have to be assessing ourselves. Is this the church that he envisioned? How can we even be more stepping into the faithfulness and being that light and salt to the world um, and do something with our faith continually until he does return, being prepared for his return, being fruitful. And we hit on that in October and November as we walked through the book of Matthew and saw Jesus' parables about uh, his eventual return and being prepared for that. Now, if you hear about all this stuff about Jesus' birth, his return, I'm, not, I'm, I'm, I'm a realist. The majority of people in our society and our culture don't, maybe don't even believe in that. They don't even know. They don't even uh, really... They even, most people, it's not even on their radar screen. Did Jesus live? Will he return one day? That's not in most people's uh, psyche. It's not even something most people even think about. And maybe that could be you. Maybe that's definitely somebody you know. But most people would wonder, though, is this even true? Did Jesus, was he born in a manger? Did it actually happen? But when people ask this question, does God exist? Is the Bible trustworthy? Did Jesus even actually live? If they're asking this question, what this actually underneath it is a deeper question. It's a deeper question than just, is, is it true? It's deeper even than, can I trust God? Can I trust the Bible? Can I trust Jesus at all? It's, there's a deeper question happening there. And the deeper question is this, is it good? Is what God said good? Is God the ultimate good? Is the Bible good? Is Jesus the ultimate good? Because if all these things are the ultimate good, then it changes everything. If all the above is good, not just true, but if it's good, then 
you're able to rationally, intellectually, emotionally trust God with your life. If it is in fact good, the highest good, you're able to trust the Bible as the guide to your faith. You're able to trust God. You're able to trust the Holy Spirit to help you to live within you, to make you a new creation in Christ. The Holy Spirit to be your counselor and your advocate as you live between these two worlds we find ourselves. Because if his, Jesus' birth and life and atoning death and resurrection, if all of these things are not only true, but if they are good, the, the highest good news, then there is no reason not to trust Christ today. But for many people, especially those who don't believe, who don't even know what they believe, it can be difficult to trust that God is the ultimate good and that Jesus is the ultimate good because we're a people that are jaded. We are, all, we are constantly lied to. We've been over-marketed to. Our senses are overwhelmed with news and information all the time. And we live in a world that is full of wicked people that has a great amount of suffering. So for many people, it's difficult to know what to believe, let alone and believe that God is the ultimate good. But what did the angel announce in Luke 2.10 that our good friend Linus reminded us of? Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. Say, an angel, the word angelos in Greek, this simply means messenger. Angels are given a message from God, and they are sent to tell that message. That is their purpose, among many others. There's warring angels, there's all sorts of angels. But this angel in Luke 2.10 is sent with a message from God to the earth to tell this message. And the angel says, I am bringing you good news. And it is such good news that it is what should cause great joy, not just for the people who believe, but for all people. An angel was sent with that good news. But again, here and now in 2020, we live in a world between good news and bad news. We're walking that line between two worlds, good news, bad news, or even real news and fake news. Most of the time, it appears the news we hear, it has an agenda, doesn't it? It has a spin on it. It has an ulterior motive that's trying to be put across. But see, this angel's message, the news of God, that news that God brings, it has no ulterior motive. There's no spin on it. There's nothing devious or underhanded because God is the ultimate good. But most news in this world, it's not like that. There's always, we're always a little bit like, okay, well, what's the catch? We're waiting for the other shoe to drop, right? Like when I read my, my uh, Apple News app on my iPhone, and you have, all have that Apple News app, or you have news, things you scroll through, most news groups now, they have an angle. Like People Magazine, their news angle is tragedy. They like have gruesome things they try and have headlines about, and you say, oh, I'll you know, it's like you can't look away. You're kind of like, oh, I wonder what, what that's about. Is it true? It piques your attention, and it draws you in, right? When you read an interesting headline, 
or some sort of news bit, it gets your attention, whether or even if it's bad or good, we lean in. Especially if it's the potential for good news, we lean in. Could this be true? And this is a definition of a thing called clickbait. We all know what clickbait is. It's a headline that baits you into going, oh, I wonder what this is about. Oh, this is curious. It's sort of like the National Enquirer. Remember the National Enquirer newspaper and magazine you could pick up in the, gro- in the grocery store? I'm showing my age a little bit, but, you know, you would be standing there waiting to pay for your groceries, and you'd see the headline, like, you know, Elvis had a baby with an alien, and, and they live on Mars, and he's related to the werewolf, you know, or whatever. And you go, oh, that's cool. I might buy that. It's, it was, that was the original clickbait, but now it's on your phone. Clickbait. Here's a few examples of uh, clickbait headlines. NASA responds to rumors they found alien life. I'll save you the click. They found nothing. Or at least, if they did, they wouldn't tell us. Here's another one. Here's what happens when you swallow your chewing gum. I'll save you the click. Nothing. It doesn't stay in your stomach for seven years. Here's another one. Baby ducks are at this pool of water. You'll never believe what they do next. I'll save you the click. They swim because they're ducks. They're not going to do anything. Here's the one that's come up a lot. COVID stimulus bill. Here's what you could get. Well, hopefully. We'll, we'll see. But right now, it looks like nothing is going to happen there. But clickbait headlines, they take advantage of our curious human nature. Because when we see something that is the potential for being true, or hopefully even good, we lean in, don't we? We lean into good news. You hope that it's true. And what news did the angel say again? Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. Now, if this is indeed good news, if God is the ultimate good, and God who sent this joyful, joyful message, then why isn't everyone leaning into this good news? Why? As I said before, people are jaded, they're lied to, we've heard of propaganda, and many people just simply have the attitude of, I don't even care if this is true. I'm too busy. But you know what? I don't know what your current version of Christianity is, and there's a lot of faithful people in this room, but some of us watching or listening, you might not know what your current version of it is. The original version, Luke 2.10 version, it was good. And it was so good the angel had to be sent from God to announce it for all people. This was such good news that a few verses later in Luke 2, it tells us that the angel armies of heaven appear in the sky. Newsflash, there are millions and millions of angels. There are so many of them that we'll see one day. But the, the, look at this in 2.13. Suddenly, the angel, one, was joined with a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, glory to God in highest heaven and on earth peace among those whom he favors. The heavenly host, they could perhaps see a bit more than we could at that moment. They could see the entire scope of what God was doing. Perhaps they could even see the eternal outworking of what God was doing by the Son of God being born into the world. And so they could maybe see a bit more than we could And they began just to worship God and praise God because God is the ultimate good. And it is indeed good news. It's the best news. 
It was such good news, the gospel writers had to write it down to great expense. Paper was not cheap back then. They'd write on animal skins. They'd carve it in stone, not so much stone. But they would write it a lot on paper to great expense. It was so overwhelmingly awesome, this good news. They had to give it a name, gospel, which means good news. The original news was so good that even the angels leaned in and said, this, this is true. This is good. And what was this good news? The angel will go on to say, among you this day, the Son of God is born. Christ is born. The Son of God has made a beachhead on enemy territory, a fallen and bent sinful world. And he has come to retake what is rightfully his. Emancipation is at hand, and justice has arrived. And through him, he will save the world. And your sins are forgiven. Amen? Your sins are forgiven. That is good news. It is good news that you and I cannot forgive ourselves. Only God can forgive sin. Only Jesus. And he has come to do that. And to the Jewish audience especially, this was very, very good news. Especially when you, when you contrasted it with the hopelessness of the law. There had not been a prophet that had spoken at that time for 400 years. 400 years God had not spoken to his people. And then here comes the Son of God born. The Messiah, the Messiah they had been looking for had arrived. And many Jews are still looking for him. And well, he will come back in a different form than maybe they anticipate. But Jesus even contrasted this, the law with this good news in Luke 16, 16, where Jesus says this, the law and the prophets were in effect until John came. Since then, the good news of the kingdom of God is proclaimed, and everyone is strongly encouraged to enter it. So until, until who came? Until John the Baptist came. The law and the prophets were in effect until John the Baptist came. And now the good news of the kingdom is proclaimed. Now what did John proclaim in Mark chapter 1 that we looked at last week? This good news. Mark 1.4. John came proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. This ultimate good news. No more religious hoops to jump through. That you can't make yourself clean enough or good enough to get into heaven or to be right with God. There's no sacrifice you have to pay for to have it bled out onto an altar anymore to atone for your sins. There's no indulgence you have to pay to get right with God. Even John the Baptist's father, Zechariah, would prophesy over his baby when John was still in the womb. It's incredible words that Zechariah said about John the Baptist. And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High God. You will go ahead of the Lord to prepare the way for him. You will tell his people how they can be saved. You will tell them that their sins can be forgiven. This is why it is good news. This is why it is the best news. No matter who you are or where you've come from, God will forgive your sin. 
You can be set free of shackles, of guilt, of shame, of all the stuff that you can't fix yourself. God says, I forgive you. I have come to forgive you. In short, this is the good news. Jesus saves. Jesus saves. You can't save. I can't save. I'll tell you that much. The church can't save you. The government sure as heck can't save you. We all live within the two worlds of this life. And one, uh, another way we live between the two worlds of this life is that we live in either a peak sometimes in this life or we live in a valley. It's not like that in heaven. There are no peaks and valleys in heaven. Isn't that good news too? <laughs> There's no more peaks and valleys. There's simply bliss in God's presence and ultimate peace. But here now on this world, we do live between these two worlds also of either a peak or a valley, or maybe sometimes in the middle. We, it just depends on the day. Highs and lows. If you have a birth of a child, that's certainly a peak, right? That's a peak for, for sure. If you're going through divorce, valley. Scary health diagnosis, valley. You lost a loved one, valley. You got a job promotion, or you even have a job right now, peak. But whether we're in a peak or a valley, God is ultimately good. The word Emmanuel, God with us. He's with us regardless of our circumstance, regardless if we're up or we're down. He's with us. That's why the angels weren't deterred from worshiping God, because they, it wasn't about their circumstance. They knew what God was doing. They could see the bigger scope of his plan unfolding, and they saw this good news. You see, there's, I've said this before, but somebody probably needs to hear it. Wherever you are is not who you are. Whatever situation you're in, it's not who you are. You, we, we tend to take our circumstances as our identity, but your identity is not what you're going through or what you've been through. Your identity is who God says you are. That is who you are. And what Jesus says, and what God's word says repeatedly is, you are my beloved, you're my son or my daughter, I fought for and bled for and died for. And I came and was born as a baby in a dirty, probably a cave around farm animals in a trough. The son of God came under the cover of darkness, under the threat of death from King Herod. And he would not be deterred. No amount of evil or the devil would hold back God's plan of redemption. This is good news. Whether we're in the peaks or the valleys, we must be undeterred because as people of God, our eyes are not fixated on bad news. Amen? I don't want to be fixated on bad news, especially in 2021, the year we've been through. No, I want to be overwhelmed by what the angel said is good news of great joy. I want to know more and more of what that means. I want to grow into that more and more in my life. You know, there's such ups and downs in this world. Oh, you know, people go, oh, look at the stock market. Ah, ah, the stock market. Whether it's up or it's down, we trust in the Son of God who has good news. When no matter what's happening, we don't march to the beat of that drum. I refuse, and we should refuse, to do that because our eyes aren't on that news, but they're on the good news of Jesus' birth. And here's another piece of good news, is that we're all works in progress. We are all walking between these two worlds of sinner and saint. 
and the Holy Spirit can work within us to sanctify us and lead us, but we're always walking between those two worlds as well. Don't beat yourself up for missing the mark. We all do sometimes. That's what sin actually means, is to miss the mark. We all do that. Receive the forgiveness of God today, this good news of the forgiveness of your sin, and leave it there and move forward. See, forgiveness can't change your past, but it can change your future. This is also good news. If God is indeed the ultimate good, not just is, is it true, but if God is good, if he has come with good news, then we can trust him with every aspect of our lives. We can run into his arms today. And we're going to sing a song right now called Good Father. It's, pretty, it's been pretty popular over the past few years. But what worship songs are are just prayers set to music. And this is such a powerful song because it's simply relaying to God and saying, God, you're good. I live in a world that it's hard to know what's good. It's hard to see ultimate goodness. But there must be a standard somewhere for ultimate goodness. And it does exist. And it's God. God is the ultimate good. And we can run into his arms today and, and, and let him have whatever it is you may be carrying. That he is a good, good father perfect parent and he, he knows the affairs of our hearts and our lives and he hears and he understands and I said this a few weeks ago it's good to have an open hand in worship to feel free to do that it's a, it's a posture of surrender it's a posture of saying to God you're good and I live in a world that sometimes doesn't feel very good but God I know that you're good and I'm going to claim that promise today for myself because I need it. We all need good news. And this is the best news, that Christ is born and your sins are forgiven. Let's stand and pray. Lord, it is the best news indeed. You are good, God. And we step into that goodness here and now. We lean into that good news. It's not just clickbait. But the news that you bring is what can transform our lives. The world that is to come, heaven with you, God, is good for eternity. We worship you, God, with open hands, with even with lifted hands. And this time, in Jesus' name, amen.